All right, you guys, welcome back to another episode of Return. Uh, By this point, we have been in a lockdown or a quarantine stay-at-home orders of some sort for over a month already, and we've been kind of getting into a rhythm of life, and probably, hopefully, you have by this point as well. Um, But today, we want to just talk about Uh, again, the invitation that is before us for this season, which is to behold Jesus and to not waste the preciousness of this time that we have uh, to really dig deeper into the word and into Jesus himself as a person, uh, regardless of whether we're getting into rhythms of life or not. And so that's what we want this episode to be about today. So let's jump right in. Okay, so some exciting news first, little um, family news for you. It's been a busy week in the Nunez household because we found out two very exciting things. Well, we found something out and then we got something. The thing we found out is that we are having a baby boy, mm-hmm. which is awesome. I am halfway through my second pregnancy right now, and we are going to welcome a little boy into our house in the fall. So That's crazy amazing. excited about that. It is amazing. And then the second thing, we found out that we were having a boy uh, one night, and then the next morning we left to drive like two and a half hours to go pick up a puppy. (laughs) So our life has been a little bit crazy this past week, but our family has grown and we're really excited about it. That's beautiful. Yeah. But jumping into the topic for today, um, we've just been, like I mentioned, getting into a rhythm of life and really honestly enjoying (laughs) in a lot of ways this like quieter time obviously it it has its days that are tough and like sometimes I wake up in the morning I'm like okay uh what what am I about today (laughs) like it's just so weird to not have literally anything on the schedule Mm -hmm. and yet I've been praying um throughout this season that the Lord wouldn't let us pass this time by without taking advantage of what he really wants to do in us. And um, that's in us, uh, speaking to us, revealing things to us, all of it. And the big, big, big point and the main thing in all of this is we have the time. And I know, you know, maybe for some, you don't as much. Maybe this is a busier season for you than, than other times. But for the majority of people, there really is an invitation to spend your time loving Jesus and and getting to know him more and buying oil and cultivating intimacy. Those have probably been the two things that I've just been thinking about the most is, Lord, I want to buy oil and I want to cultivate intimacy with you. Um, so with that, we just want to talk about beholding Jesus and and some passages that have been sticking out to us um, about that, and yeah, yeah. We uh, I, I was telling Gabe uh, 
and it's almost a resolution if it is not already. Um, I am I I like how people in the body of Christ have been. I mean, we've all done it, right? Talk about things that how to interpret the seasons, the coronavirus. And it seems that uh, there was a, a moment for that, I'm, I don't know, three, four weeks of people interpreting what was going on. And I, I cannot hear another Zoom call or Instagram live of how, what is the new interpretation of what's going on. I think I love it for a season. We feel from the Holy Spirit, it's pushing us to the main thing. Once we know what's going on, the main point of any uh, moment of success or of tribulation or sickness or anything in the Lord is to know Christ. And, um, and I want to know him. We want to talk about Jesus. Mm-hmm. If he got our attention, let's talk about him. Let's focus on him. Preach Christ alone. You know, 1 Corinthians 2 verse 2, uh, Paul said, I have determined that when I am amongst you, when I am spending time with you, the church in Corinthians, I'm only going to speak about Jesus and him crucified. I'm going to talk about his ways, not only his works, but his ways. In Psalm uh, 103 verse 7, the psalmist says uh, that God showed uh, to the people of Israel his works, what he's going to do. And that's amazing. That's a blessing that it was a people of covenant. We need to know what he wants to do. But to Moses, it says he showed his character, his ways. He's different. And, and both are, are, are important. Moses knew both. But the people of Israel didn't know the character of God. And we don't want to miss out. We don't want to miss of like, okay, you got our attention. Lord, we n- now need to go up in the mountain. Mm-hmm. And we see in the people of Israel, sadly, it's our reality as human people like our human nature that once God is telling them, I'm going to take you to the land, I'm going to do this with you. Then he says, now I want to talk to you. And they are, I don't know. They are like tired of him. They're like, I, we don't want to hear you. It's too much. You are too terrifying. You go, Moses, you do the friendship part. We'll do the. Just tell us what to do. And that was missing out the friendship with God. So mm-hmm. we have these these little podcasts right now. We want to just talk about Him, the the commandment of beholding the Lamb, the Lamb of God. And I was telling Gabe that I've been impacted. I've been dwelling for almost a month on Isaiah forty two, and Isaiah forty two is um it has two chapters within Isaiah forty two. In the first nine verses, we have one commandment. And then in the rest of the chapter, we have another commandment. The first commandment is there in Isaiah 42, verse 1, is behold my servant. Behold him. And this is the father. This is the father who later on quoted uh, himself when Jesus came out of baptism. And everyone that was around in the wilderness, they heard the voice of God after 400 years of silence. And the first thing that the father says after Malachi, 400 years later, is Isaiah 42, 1. Behold, this is the time when you need to know the character of my son. He's not going to be a normal leader. He's not going to be a political leader. He's not going to shout out in the streets. He's not going to do this and that as you, as you think. 
He's going to look for righteousness. He's going to take care of the one who is about to die. He's, you know, and he gives eight different characteristics of Jesus to behold. And then in the second part of Isaiah 42, we see another commandment from the Lord and he's sing. I want you to shout out loud. I want you to make music church around the world. When the season comes before my, my son returns, those who behold him in the, in the time of, uh, you know, of intimacy and secret place, I'm going to give you authority. And now it's time to sing because I'm about to do a new song and a new thing. So sing a new song. Mm-hmm. So Isaiah 42 is amazing. But to us right now, just to bring him back to our, back to our conversation, We've been thinking, I think we need to focus on Jesus's character right now. No more like, okay, what are we supposed to do? Who is doing it? Whatever. Let's, let's see what is the Father asking us to be all about Him. And my last point in this introduction is um, the, the Father was giving the generation of Jesus a clue. He was hinting at them about the ministry of Jesus, how to interpret even society in the times of Jesus. He was saying them, he was telling them, hey, guys, you all know what I'm quoting right now. So go back and study Isaiah 42, because that's going to be the ministry of my son. He's not going to start a revolution in the streets. He's going to speak whispers in the secret place. He's going to be very hidden in this moment. So as we behold, we become sharper in the way we live in society. It's not that we behold meaning means that we are isolated from the church and we don't do anything for our neighbors. No, actually, we become effective because we know what's the heart of the Father for this season as we behold the servant of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And we can move to bring righteousness and justice to society. So there's eight different things that the Father points out in Isaiah 42 about Jesus and yeah, that's the premise yeah. for today. I've been um, getting touched by John 1. And right in the beginning, it was verse 6. It's starting to talk about John the Baptist. And it says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. And he hmm. came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. And as I was reading this, um, it was just kind of like was just pausing and got stuck over some of those verses. And I'm not going to obviously break it all down right now, but something that I want to share that is pertinent to this topic is John. It's saying John was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. And Mm -hmm. I was just thinking, okay, John or Jesus called John the Baptist the greatest man born of a woman. Amazing. You know, and John has this ministry and and over and over and over again, literally within the same chapter, John 1, you know, there's all of these high up like religious leaders, Pharisees, um, soldiers, the common people, like just all these you know, important people or, or even just crowds of people that are coming to him and this opportunity for him to promote himself and promote Mm -hmm. his name and his ministry. And, 
and I don't know, I, I think I've just been struck again because this is the invitation to us right now also mm-hmm. as the church. I think more like as we get closer to Jesus' return, this is what we are. We, the body of Christ is to be a corporate John the Baptist preparing the way for his return. But the thing that struck me is that over and over and over again, John rejected the fame. John rejected the opportunity to make himself a name, to promote himself. You know, at the end of the day, he didn't even give himself a title. The only thing he says is, I'm a voice. Mm. You know, I'm not a prophet. I'm not a, I'm not Elijah. I'm not the Christ. I'm just a voice. But the thing that struck me in, in those verses earlier of John 1 is he he was a witness of the light. And um, I was just thinking to be a witness of something is you see it. You're, you saw something happen or you yeah. were there to, I mean, witness it, to uh, say that, yeah, you, you were there. And I've just been thinking like, oh, there really is an invitation for me. There's an invitation for us to bear witness of the light, which means for us to gaze on Jesus, for us to see him as he is. And, and you know, John 1, it goes on. He, he was the true light mm-hmm. who came into the world. And he came to his own, but his own didn't know him. But it, it says this, that the word became flesh and dwelt among us, but he, we have seen his glory and his glory is of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. And from his fullness, we have received grace upon grace. And I'm just thinking if we are to bear witness of who Jesus is, and and again, I think there's a bear witness of like, we're telling our neighbors about him and we're, you know, speaking about him for sure. That's the witness, but the witness that I'm like feeling pressed on me right now is the witness of actually seeing something, the witness of gazing on something. And it says that from his fullness, that he's the exact representation of the father. And it's from his fullness, we have received grace upon grace. And I'm just thinking that as we look on Jesus, we become full. We become full of that light. We become full of that truth. We become full with grace upon grace to be able to walk out the lifestyle that he's called us to. And, um, you know, just to kind of segue even that the other thing that has kind of been pronounced, you know, or I've just been hearing a lot and feeling is the Revelation 3, the Laodicean church. And, And this has been the other kind of prayer that I've had in my heart is, Lord, I want you to put your finger on the areas in my life that aren't aligned with your leadership and aren't aligned, you know, with who you are, because ultimately where my life is going is I am going to be conformed into the image of Christ that I like, we are all getting to that point where we will one day look like him and be like him and act like him. But I want to start now. Like I, Mm -hmm. I want his image formed in me now. And so that prayer has been, you know, put your finger on the areas of my life that aren't, that don't look like you and that aren't aligned with your leadership. And I think one of the most like excruciating passages 
that talk about this in the New Testament is Revelation 3 with the Laodicean church, because basically this church was blinded to their true spiritual condition. You know, they thought that they were rich and and prosperous and they needed nothing, but Jesus exposes to them their true state, which is that they were pitiable, wretched, poor, blind, and naked. And I've just been thinking like, Lord, I don't want, Mm -hmm. I don't want a false sense of my standing and my relationship with you. Like I actually want to have real intimacy and relationship with you that you'll actually point out the things in in my life that are wrong and bad and that you wouldn't call great. Because again, Jesus called John great. We want Jesus to call our lives mm-hmm. great. And so the amazing thing though is the reward given to Laodicea, the reward given to us if we overcome in these areas is Jesus is, uh, tells them, behold, I'm standing at the door and I'm knocking right now. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. And, you know, just in the natural, if we want to have a good time with our friends, if we want to even sit down and get to know someone more and just have good conversation, we do it over food. You know, that's just like the natural way to do it. And I just think there is an invitation from Jesus right now. He, and obviously forever, but he really is knocking at the door of the church's heart right now saying, will you recognize your need for me? Will you recognize that maybe things aren't all as you think they are, but look, I'm standing at the door, I'm knocking on your heart, and if you open it, we get to have fellowship together. And that fellowship I just think of is, that's the conversation with him. That's where we get to find out more about him. That's where he gets to, you know, tell us things about us. That's where, yeah, we're just in unity and in fellowship with one another. And also, I think he was probably the apostles who were and the disciples who were reading that letter they knew about the story of Luke 24 the road to Emmaus how the unveiling of the Christ happened when they broke the bread and blessed the, the bread and that is that blessed yeah. holy ground when Jesus comes to have communion with us and we have nothing else to do but to bow down take off our shoes take off our of our worries and our worldly life, which is, that's what it means. Take your shoes and just be naked before the Lord because that, that ground was holy. I, lo- I love what Arkad says about Moses and the burning bush in that holy communion that they had. It was, it was not only that the burning bush made that ground holy, but it was the response and the bowing down of Moses what made that holy. Because mm-hmm. God can be showing up and if people are indifferent, it's not the same. But it's the response combined with the invitation and the presence. That's what makes um, things holy. And that burning bush changed the destiny of two million Israelites. Mm-hmm. Because the Lord commissioned an apostolic messenger with power like never before. Uh, Moses, right? The friend of God who who knew his ways. 
So it is that holy ground that I believe this coronavirus is just um, uh, it's just a pretext or how do you how do you call it? It's just an excuse from the Lord to knock at the door of the globe. Mm-hmm. And and he I believe if we don't stop talking in our roundtables about what is the new strategy, how to fix things, how to how to how to how to and just to have less answers and more questions to the man mm-hmm. we would have waste uh wasted this time yeah. but if not we'll we'll be commissioned for the next assignment of power in my opinion yeah and i think ultimately that is what the lord is trying to do is he's trying to get our attention and i don't know maybe for some of you listening this is the quarantine is hitting you in different ways i'm you know i'm sure for many it's affecting finances mm-hmm which I think touches on areas of trust and provision for others. It's, you know, hitting on boredom in, in the secret place, you know, that we actually have relied too heavily on other preachers or, or even yeah. just ministry work that now when things are stopped in silence and we actually we're faced with our own barrenness before God and yeah. we realize our own spiritual boredom. There's an invitation there. There's an invitation to really ignite, yeah. you know, the true fire. And I think for others, it's, you know, the lack of maybe being able to see family or, you know, travel has stopped. I don't know. There's so many different ways that this is obviously affecting us. Yeah. And I think, if we can respond to Jesus by stopping and really talking to him and really seeking to buy that oil of intimacy with him in these mm-hmm. moments, we're going to look back on this season and say, yeah. maybe even say that was one of the best times <laughs> of our lives because you look back on on hardships and they're hard and yet they usually produce something good in us if we can respond well to them mm-hmm. and so we just want to share our hearts related to that mm-hmm. and put the invitation before you um this really is a time to behold jesus to behold the servant of isaiah 42 to listen for that that knock on the door of our hearts, even if it's painful, you know, even if it, even if it means the exposing of our true state before him, it's actually a beautiful thing, you know, not to rabbit trail this much longer, but that is what poverty of spirit is, is to actually be able to see our, uh, our wretchedness apart from God in our actual need, our massive need for him in our lives. And, and Jesus starts with that blessing in the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor in spirit. And so actually seeing our barrenness before him, though it's painful, is a good thing. Um, but allowing allowing who he is and allowing his character and the beauty of this man to really transform us until we become like him, that is the ultimate goal in all of this. And so... That's the invitation before us right now. So we love you guys and we bless you. Thank you for listening. You.